So I like how last week I was like, things have been really good lately in wrestling. Next week, something really bad's going to happen. We're going to find out like some wrestlers like a serial killer. You said Luchasaurus. No, uh, yeah, I said Luchasaurus, but then Marty Jannetty was like, well, if Luchasaurus isn't going to do it, I'll jump in. I killed that man in cold blood just to watch him die. Marty Jannetty was like, hold hold my brick. Welcome to Fight Boys, the show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm your host, one of the men who survived Marty Jannetty, Scotty Moore. I am absolutely lost on everything in wrestling, Blake Tanner. I am the champion of Raw Underground, the Dylan. God. No, we gonna get into that. We gonna fucking get into that. But, um... Yeah, we can't stop talking about Marty Jannetty, right? Like, that's a fucking story and a half. That's buck-fucking, like, the what you just came out and said? What was he even referencing? Okay, I'll bring it up in a minute. But firstly, I'm a pacifist by nature, so, like, I didn't think it was possible to make me laugh out loud at someone confessing to a real, actual murder. And then Marty Jannetty happened, and I was giggling all day because it's so fucking insane. Because like most of me doesn't believe it is the thing. Okay, do you want do you want the uh, the tweets? Or I'm sorry, it was fa- it was Facebook, of course, because Marty Jannetty doesn't know how Twitter works. It, this honestly, I'm surprised sounds- it wasn't on MySpace. Yeah, but th- this honestly does sound like a Johnny Cash song. I never told no one this, even my brother Gino, because Gino would have killed him. And I didn't want my brother gone. Hell, he just came home from Vietnam. Holy fuck, it is! (laughs) I was 13, working at Victory Lane's bowling alley, buying weed from a derogatory term for a gay person, meaning I'm already rooting against Marty, that worked there. And he put his hands on me. He dragged me around to the back of the building. You already know what he's going to try to do. That was the very first time I made a man disappear. They never found him. They should have looked in the Chattahoochee River. And then the biggest fucking whiplash turn of all time. But Winnie, the girl in these pics, I likes you so damn much. Probably my favorite. But I promised myself way back then nobody would ever hurt me again. I'm. Th- he sounds like Sling Blade at this point. Nobody ever hurt me again. That includes you. I loved you, but you hurt me with your fucking Jamaican jealousy. You can go your own way. I don't need you. And then double down in the comments when someone named Ian just goes, You okay? Me and Winnie just had a fallout, but if you're asking about the other thing, which, of fucking course we are, Mark! Yes! That is not- you have completely changed the narrative. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, you meant the murder. No, that's nothing. But if you're asking about that, yes, that was a billion years ago. Plus, I have the satisfaction of knowing that bitch-ass ninja never got to do another kid like that. I I just- what? There's a follow-up to this that I just found. Okay. he did a he did a radio interview where he claimed it was self defense when he hit the man with a brick, <laughs> which is why I said hold my brick. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was what... So, like, this guy that uh, Marty, like, allegedly claimed to have killed in self-defense said that he grabbed him by the genitals, kept him from trying to get away from this situation, so he grabbed a brick and... He fought back, is what he said. He then goes on to say, I can't say he deserved to die, but he deserved to get his ass beat, but you killed him. And I was beating him in the head with a brick. I was only trying to beat his ass. I wasn't trying to kill him. Kill him. But he suggests the man died, and that's when he tried to get rid of the body. By throwing it in the river. That's not self-defense anymore. Yeah, well, not only that, like... He also says the phrase, that was the first time, the first time I made a man disappear. Yeah, what What are the other times? Oh, you don't want to know. It's nothing big. Marty, we did, like, the police want to know. Ah, uh, they don't want to hear about old Marty's old stories. Yes, they do, Marty, please. Because he threw him in a river. Down by the river. river. This is fucking wild. I part of me still doesn't believe it because God knows what uh, he is on at any given time. But fuck, if it's true, yeah. Uh, well, the police are already investigating. From what I've seen, the police are getting into it, trying to figure out what the fuck happened. And I'm like, wow, wow, okay, cool, bud. If this time next week they have found a body and, like, Marty's been arrested, this is just going to be a hat trick of a year. How would they have found it? It's been 30-plus years! They didn't find a body in a river. Yeah, it'll be fine. Go ahead. Also, if they do find any, like, missing persons records from around that time, then it ain't gonna look good. Yeah, it's gonna be rough, my dude. It's gonna be real rough. Um, anyways, wrestling outside of that was actually still pretty rough. I'm not gonna lie. There was still some rough stuff, including what I've deemed the worst fucking episode of Raw I've ever seen. Like, no doubt this might be the worst one. Okay, I want you to give me your, like, general recap on the good, the bad, the ugly, and even more ugly, because I barely watched this episode outside of... Of course, the underground segment, which we'll talk about later. I, I have to be honest with you. It must have been the male segments, because every women's segment I saw seemed good. Yeah, the the women's segments were very good. I didn't watch it all the way through. I watched from probably about... I watched during um, Montez versus uh, whichever one of Zelina's boys he fought. I watched right Angel before Garza? that. Yeah, Angel Garza. I watched right before that where he passed out, and I went, that's weird, because it looked... Like, he got so excited doing them ropes that he just passed out. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing. Like, sometimes people get too excited and it goes to their head. Too much blood rushes in, they pass out. Okay, this will be a very interesting, delicate storyline if they try to play it. And then the match happened, and then it happens again. And then... B Blake, do you know what happened? I only saw him pass out. After he jumped on the ropes. And I saw that it affected the match. Did, did someone come and slap him on the ass? <laughs> so, uh, no, no, no. I want to know. Blake, you have the evidence. You've seen what happened. Montez Ford got real excited, shook the ropes, and then passed out. What do you think happened? Okay. 
I only know this because this is what people said in the comments. But they said he was drugged or something. Is that really what happened? Motherfucker was poisoned. The exact verbiage used was poisoned. A poison that only takes effect if you start doing the ultimate warrior rope shake, apparently. That ain't how poison works. Unless it was a poison that just had made him have bad blood pressure. Well, I mean, there, there, there are... I mean, poison is typically done through blood flow, and if you fucking up your heart rate, it could take faster effect. Yeah, but then he passes out and he passes out. Like, I don't think you pass out and then you're like, I'm good, I'm good, oh fuck, it's back, I'm done. I don't know, have you ever been, like, just truly and welly, like, alcohol poisoned? And you're just um, like, second wind, baby, never mind. Your body gets all eye of the tiger and presses on. Scotty, I need you to look at the camera and look me in the eyes when you tell me you haven't done that. Yeah. If D- Look, D- Dylan has had enough tonight that if he stands up too fast from his chair, he could pass out. Because it'll take so long for his blood to get from his heart to his head. He's like a giraffe. Uh, joke's, on, joke's on you. I can make it at least to the front door. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the only good I saw was a uh, Samoa Joe got to be Samoa Joe, which is always my favorite. Because uh, Rollins came over and was just talking shit to commentary, and Samoa Joe very calmly was like, "I think you don't need to be doing that. I don't think you need to be talking to this man." And then finally, Rollins said something like, "Joe, you don't want to be doing this, Joe." And Joe just took off his headset and said. I think I do, Seth. And I went, oh, fuck, he's about to die. And then all, and of, then a sudden, you, all of a sudden you heard his music in your head go, ooh, ah, ooh, yeah. ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> All of a sudden, Joe pulls out a samurai sword. What the fuck? I Have you been talking name. to Tozawa? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course... The thing that, I'll be honest, I was very excited because they were like, there's going to be a new, exciting stable. Their whole up thing is fighting the system. And I pray they combine it with the SmackDown hacker because then it would make sense. Like a group of a lot of people not only hacking it. We l- literally, the IWC, r- like, derailed that angle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That angle will never so be I- talked about again. It'll show up on lists in, like, Cultaholic videos years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was very excited. I was ready to see what they did. They knocked over some boxes, according to WWE, and then threw some Molotov cocktails at some production boxes. That was it. That was all we got out of them. And I'm like, you gotta, you gotta give me more to entice me. You can't just. This is like when um the mysterious person attacked Roman Reigns in the back with a forklift. Like, who? Who is it? Like, I don't fucking care. You've not given me enough to be invested. You need to understand, the Nexus choked out Justin Roberts and dismantled a ring. Like, the bar is high. The, she, the shield fucked up a world title match. Yeah. It's, like, you have to, you have to do something that might get your uh advertisers to get you fired that is the bar that has been set and you can't just say that you threw some molotovs i want to see the molotov fire they they did show it they showed molotov fire so i was very happy about that but listen if they didn't hit a production truck with it i don't give a shit 
If they didn't smash a production truck with Rey Mysterio's face on it from 20 years ago. Yeah. But, like, even then, I'll, like, because The Hurt Business, which is both the best and worst name, teased, like, ain't it convenient they show up when Raw Underground happens? Building a link in the audience's head. Oh, they probably have something to do with Raw Underground. Nope! Not a damn thing! Like, the show ended, Hurt Business showed up at Raw Underground. I can't, I can't, I can't get into it. Fuck it. NXT was all right, and The Rock bought the XFL. <laughs> Here, I can I can talk about some good things. I can talk about some good okay, things. Okay, yeah. Uh, WWE uh, related. Enough, or- it, it requires me to admit that you were right. There are multiple storylines that are developing for women. Good job. Riot Squad, baby! Yeah, okay. You should calm the fuck down. Yeah, that's right. Drink your Mountain Dew with its six-pack holder still on it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um... Shayna Baszler is now a tweener after sucker punching Sasha Banks in the face, yep. which was which was love it, love to see it, great. Oscar's gonna fight Bailey now, probably at the next pay per view. Love to see that. Oscar uh, potentially gonna get the SmackDown Women's Title back after however many years because they don't need her on Raw anymore. If Shayna's no, gonna be apparently, uh, well, no, because you're right. Because I was gonna say that what they're doing is next week she's fighting Bailey, and if she wins, she faces Sasha at SummerSlam. But I'm gonna assume Shayna interferes, beats them both down, then Oscar weasels her way into a match against Bailey or some shit like that. So like that—that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that happened. Uh, Riot's what happened, which both um, Ruby Riot, very convincing actress actor like and and kevin kevin owens was there and kevin owens is almost became my baby face of the week because he was getting he was talking to the iconics and then peyton royce slapped him and he was like was that really necessary and then billy k slapped him and he turned around and he looked at the riot squad and he was like ladies little help and they both they both jumped him and he was like there you go as he walked off <laughs> I love Kevin Owens so goddamn much. He 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 hasn't been given as much as he deserves. He deserves so much more. But it was it was great because Ruby Wright cut a great promo talking about how like the reason why she turned on Liv was because she felt so displaced and unneeded and like her anger just turned towards like self destruction. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, and then Liv a, was... A logical, smart way to explain a heel turn. I was very impressed from WWE yeah, for that. They, clearly she came up with it. There was no way the writing team did. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then Liv got, like, back into it. And, like, I'm not saying I want Liv to revert because, like, I understand character progression, but I loved crazy Harley Quinn-inspired Liv Morgan more than anyone else they've called up in that in that, like, round of people. Because because that that girl was willing like that girl is willing to take a bump and you really need to explain it by the fact that she's inspired by a comic book character because it's the only Dude, way. It's the only, yeah, and she she's very good at it. She I, was I, so I, dedicated to her craft. She would eat a blue blue lollipop before every fucking show because she's like, I gotta do it. I gotta have a blue tongue. Blue tongue. Uh, and you gotta admit, like somebody who like can sell both a move and, like, 
the hurt of it is always fun. Oh yeah, no, 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 man. It's- I I'm, I always miss flopping fish, Dolph Ziggler, flopping yeah. fish, Dolph. Oh, flopping fish, Dolph. Um, actually, no. In SmackDown women's news, uh, fucking, oh god, I forgot both the women's names. Uh, Naomi's the one I'm thinking of. Oh no, I'm thinking that- of uh. Who are in Fire and Desire, dear God? I can remember their tag team. Oh, name, but... Mandy Rose and Sonya. Oh, fuck, you're right. That was yeah, a great yeah, where she segment. cut part of her hair off and like walked up and like threw her against the ground and like just like that they restarted this angle that has been dead for like what like a month, good month. Yeah, yeah. Well, it never had like a proper finish. finish. Yeah, so like I'm happy they restart. And Sonya's always at a hundred. Like this angle didn't go zero and slowly ramp. Sonya just started like. I'm a fucking killer. Give me a shiv. I'll do it. Yeah. I love the way that they handled it, too, where the refs just got in between. They're like, hey, back off. And I was like, listen, dude, all of you are twice her size. I know she's a dangerous woman, but, like, you wouldn't do this to Rey Mysterio. You would pick Rey Mysterio up and carry him off. Him off. Like... (laughs) I need you to, I need you to, I need you to at least, like, work within logical bounds. I'm not saying that the women aren't dangerous. They are. They punch you in the face and knock you the fuck out. But I need you to, like, not pretend that you're holding back Rhino. That's all. That's all I want. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to see if there was anything else, like, big on SmackDown, but nothing's really... Oh, yeah, I guess we should talk uh, about... Alexa Bliss is dead. Uh, We should really talk about the fact that Alexa Bliss is dead. Letterkenny has ruined her her name for me, by the way. I can't... Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. Really? It wasn't wasn't the Bowling for Soup song? (laughs) Oh, man. That was... (sighs) Poor Bowling for Soup. I'm happy they did it. Like, I, I always love Bowling for Soup, but also I'm like, all right. Bunch of simps. This is uh, sorry. <laughs> Y'all simps. Bowling for Soup. Simp squad. Unite. If she wasn't a huge fan, I would have been weirded out. But the fact that she was like, oh my god, this happened. I went, all right. This yeah, is fine. I mean, they wouldn't have done it if she wasn't, is the thing. No, they would have. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I, I, I like incorporating Alexa into that storyline, though, because, like, we we know the history of her and Braun, and it's a good way to escalate it beyond. It's now turning it into a fucking horror movie, which they tried in the past with like Kane, Zack Ryder, and Eve Torres, and it didn't work. They also tried it with worked. Kane, Daniel Bryant, and Brie Bella. Oh, that's right. And then they also tried it again with Kane. I, I, every one of these starts with they tried it with Kane. Tried it with Kane. Yeah, they tried like, a lot with Kane. But Bray knows how to do horror so well just that moment of him holding out the claw and bliss staring at it and bliss sold it like a champ she sold it like almost tears happening of i'm about to die until he finally locked in the mandible claw it was very solid good work on smackdown very good the mask helps so much yeah that was the one moment from smackdown that i was like oh shit they're, yeah, exactly. they're doing this. By the way. Um, because you don't see it a lot. By the way, um, is the Money in the Bank contract going to come into any kind of anything anytime soon? Like, we're not, they don't even talk about it anymore. Yeah, I think, I think the Money in the Bank contract was to become uh, Mandy Rose's boyfriend, and that's what he cashed it in on. I don't think he cashed it in I'm, on Listen, I'm else. not saying that's a bad move at yeah. all. Like, 
Like I'd I'd consider it. I'd consider I it. I still I, I still think he will use it to cash in on like Miz and Morrison or whoever end up holding the tag belts. Like that's what I'm feeling is that they use it to tag because like if he tries to cash in on Braun, Otis will die. So and I don't want Otis to die, but it would be a nice moment of like he cashes in. It'd be even greater if Braun and whoever the tag champs are in the ring, like they're having a championship conference, which they never do. And then Otis comes out and they're all like, oh, fuck. And then turns, cashes in on uh, champs in- instead. Can it be used but, on the on non-WWE championship belts? Motherfucker, no one said the Royal Rumble could be used on NXT women's title, but they fucking did it this year. It's Calvin Ball year, baby. COVID. You know what? 2020 doesn't matter. 2020 is non-canon at this point. So I want you to know it's, if he cashes in Money in the Bank on tag belts, I will. I won't talk about WWE anymore. You'll do these segments <laughs> without me. We'll have to call you in halfway through. Like, all right, we're done. It's time to talk about AEW. <laughs> Hello, I'll talk about AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, everyone else. I'll talk about yeah, because they got some. They got interesting shit going on. Although I would like to say one last bit. My favorite tweet from today, and probably tweet of the week for me, is Daniel Bryan challenging The Rock to a match oh, because yeah. of how much his daughter has made him listen to "You're Welcome" from Moana. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> listen, The Rock agreed to job out because one dad to another. <laughs> well, uh, while Raw had its worst episode in a very long time, AEW fucking killed it, and I think maybe pulled in, it, well, no, 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 other than, like, the debut and around there, their highest rating of a very long time. It was, like, 909,000. Mox is money. Yeah. Debates are also money. Yeah, but even outside of that, it also, all of the segments carried weight even though two of their biggest storylines are a little fucking goofy like i talked to you guys like pride and powerful versus best friends fucking great match then a great segment with pnp destroying sue's van and then an amazing promo where trent's just like chuck chuck was just like i told sue i'd get the van back to her all in one piece i told her i'd get it back and safe you guys fucked me you guys you guys made me a liar (laughs) yeah by the way i love chuck taylor's terrible headband he wears after matches for no goddamn reason (laughs) yeah And then, of course, we're going to have one more match, and if we beat you, you have to apologize to Sue on speakerphone. And I'm like, fuck, yes, I need that to happen in an AEW ring. That's the most late 90s. You know how people are like, I want the Attitude Era to come back. This is how it's coming back, because this is Prime Raw versus WCW Monday Night Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, it's the good parts. Like, it's the good, it's... It, when people it, it's talk about... It's the good and bad parts at the same time. It's a parody of the bad parts. So where they would take it very seriously. Like, same thing on Raw. Like, the Montez getting poisoned thing is dumb. But they played it seriously, so everyone goes, it's dumb. But if you play it like a joke, it works really well. So, like, everyone's aware of the fact that this is a goofy, jokey storyline. Yeah, which is like the best friend's bread and butter. Oh, yeah. Fucking great. They had that they had that tweet where they asked Sue for the van. Where they had like a minute long segment. Yeah, and somebody was uh somebody was like, Why do we need this? And uh now I'm like, oh, they were setting it up. They were this fucking long term storytelling, baby. They did it. Now yeah, can we 
can we talk about the third best friend though? Because that's fucking oh my some god. Of the- I'm shocked. Uh, Blake, I'm sh- I'm shocked. Blake did not take that for baby face of the week because like what? that orange, was a orange Cassidy talking about global warming with the best fucking best fucking. Oh my god! Like the moment he got done with his speech, that was the loudest pop you will hear in the no arena like ever. Because like, he got done and you just heard. What? Like, it was obnoxiously loud. And I was like, fuck yeah. My favorite part about that was the bit afterwards where he was like, well, Orange Cassidy, or when uh, Eric Bischoff was like, Orange Cassidy ran away with this. Chris Jericho was like, what? He's like, that global warming thing got me. (laughs) I also love that Cassidy took that segment by storm so much that we don't care about Eric Bischoff. We're like, yeah, yeah, he's there, fuck it. He had a great... Well, we we all know that Bischoff was uh, the reason for the high ratings. No, He, he had a great line where Chris Jericho was like, I've hated you for 22 years. And Bischoff was like, 24, and the feelings, it's been 24, but the feeling, I know how you feel. And the great thing is that, is that Chris Jericho quit WCW 22 years ago, but he was in WCW 24 years ago. So, <laughs> Eric Bischoff was saying that he hated Chris Jericho from the moment he got there, where Jericho was just saying that since he quit the company. That's yeah, the great. best. The best comment that I read uh, about that on Reddit was uh, that Bischoff has now screwed Jericho in three companies. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my favorite thing about that that whole segment was the fact that they took a goofy segment and made it serious at the end. Like you have to have the goofy that way the serious stands out. But that moment, Cassidy just grabs the mic and goes, "Next week is the most important match of my career." It's also the most important match of your career, because imagine what's going to happen, Chris, when you lose to the guy that puts his hands in his pockets. That was the (laughs) fucking, that was the best line of that from Cassidy for me. Everybody's been talking about, like, they've been making Orange Cassidy too soon. He's not going to work. And then that moment I was like, no, 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 you can, you can put a belt on him. Go ahead. Put a strap on him. You can put a strap on him. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it all the time. This is so funny because it is the polar opposite of what we were talking about, about the the best friend segment and match, because it was like, you gotta, you take a goofy character, put him in a serious situation, and it makes it good, or if, where instead of like, what you were talking about, Scotty, where if you take a goofy situation and try to make it serious, it sucks. Well, I, I think it also comes down to presentation, because like, it, it was the fact that the end... got serious it was escalation is what it was like you saw cassidy kind of get a little perturbed as it went on until he finally just said shut up it elevated to a point of it's like um one of my favorite cm punk matches was his last roh match against cabana i think it was two out of three falls match and in the beginning cabana's being very cult cabana they're basically putting on a comedy match. And then at one point, CM Punk slaps him in the face and says, take this shit serious. And the entire crowd, like, you could hear them get quiet of, oh, fuck, it just got real. And, like, that's a great moment in wrestling. Yeah. Now, the best friends and Chuck Taylor, like, you can tell that they all conference because they all have that same thing. Because Trent did it in Ring of Honor with Rocky. Where are not in Ringo in New Japan, where he would be, it would be comedy and serious, like at different times. And then Chuck did it, and then Orange Cassidy's been doing it for you. You can tell that they're all on that same mindset of like, this shit will work if you sell it right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let's see, other news Matt Cardona 
he was doing Matt Cardona shit, but like he seems reinvigorated, so I'm somewhat okay with it. But yeah, it was a listen. It was a good match. I've heard people talk well about it. The Dark Order still can fucking sell water to a well. Oh yeah. Oh dude, like the Dark Order were my highlight of that match. But I've always had a problem with Cardona's move set because he'll do like sh- little weak forearms, and then like one of his big spots is a flapjack. And then a drop kick where he's a little too far away for it to look impactful. Like, it's just not... He doesn't have an impactful enough moveset for me. But outside of that, he seemed reinvigorated. Yeah. I like the brosky boot. Yeah. The brosky boot. Brosky boot, yeah. radio silence, is some good shit. I would love if he, like, Samoa Joe'd it. Like, brosky booted, held onto the ropes, and then face-washed, like, a few more times just to show off the viciousness. Because, like, a, a, a face-wash is a brutal fucking move, but the way he performs it is very, like, I do it once! Alright, now we're done. Uh, also, I don't know if it's a work with Dax getting his knee injured, but if it's real, holy shit, that was a quick fucking turnaround for them to be like, Dax can't wrestle next week, but we're going to do a tag team appreciation night by FTR, so that way they don't have to wrestle, but there's still a presence through the whole night. Let's call up the Rock and Roll Express, see if we can get them. What the fuck? That was very fast. I mean, last week, one of their things for their contract negotiation was, we want tag team appreciation night. Oh, okay. So that's where that was. It came that from. was part of their contract negotiations that they they asked Tony Schiavone to his face. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to all those matches. By the way, they're all oh yeah, fucking fucking Page and Omega versus Jurassic Express, fucking the Dark Order versus the Bucks. Like those are those are solid tag team matches. Yeah, yeah, because like they've they're trying like not to avoid the pitfall that I see in so much like WWE wrestling, where I just hate when the same people face each other for months, unless you got something that keeps it like fresh. But even then, like doing stuff like this really keeps it like you see tag teams that don't normally fight each other, maybe because they're not the same power class or weight class or whatever. But it's still fucking interesting. Yeah, and that's, then the that's part of the good the, thing. I'm sorry. And the beauty of the Dark Order is the fact that there's fucking ten of them. So it's like, you could have five weeks of Young Bucks versus Dark Order and it never gets old. One week he faces Silver and Reynolds, one week like nine and ten, then finally work their way up to Uno and Grayson. Like, you could just have them face a shit ton of them and it'd be a great match every week. Yeah, no, it's part of the, people shit on the, uh, the ranking system. But it works for things like this because it establishes a reason for teams to face each other. In WWE, you always have to justify it with a storyline. With this, it provides a non-bias, a neutral reason for teams to face each other. Either heel versus heel, face versus face, either or. Is that, listen, this is the number five team, this is the number two team. We're trying to see who's going to be there for maybe the number one contender spot for the next pay-per-view. Like, you can use that to force a storyline in certain cases. And there's always a potential for an upset, which I fucking love. Like, you can do it so much, like, you can do it much more easily when you've got this kind of, uh, like, ranking system. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Now, I, I will say, I loved that fucking match, this, uh, the 12-man match. It did expose one thing to me, and it, FTR and Hangman Page are so fucking cool, it reminded me that, and I'm not saying this in a pejorative way, 
how much of a fucking dork show the rest of the elite are because like FTR and uh Kenny were badasses like they were killers and then you'd see Kenny and the Bucks come in and you're like all right okay what's up you good Christian boys how you doing I I will say my favorite part of the match though was the elite started to do elite shit in other words like they're all in the ring at once like they're hitting v triggers super kicks the whole time ftr are in the corner just standing on the apron looking at their watches <laughs> like all right exactly. apparently this is like, happening how, many, how long are we like looking at right now like how long are you letting this go man no i'm not mad i'm just disappointed their, their title reign is going to be so good because the amount of rules they're going to put on to like favor themselves. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be like whenever Doug Williams was X Division champion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I've never been more happy I'm wrong about a, uh, a, a fantasy booking than I am with Matt Hardy and Sammy because. Holy, at first I wasn't that sold, because it almost seems like Matt is playing into this, I'm going to be a little bit more low-key, I'm going to be a little bit more boring, which is not what Matt's strong suit has ever super been, see his US title reign, but like, then Sammy came out and fucked him up to a point where like that fucking gaping hole in his head that table bump was brutal because like you see matt slide down as he collides to the ground and you just see a sea a matt hardy head shaped blood puddle appear behind him and you go oh he's busted open oh he's really fucking busted open he got a chair yeeted in his face we're completely going to just gloss over the fact that Sammy did a running six six thirty onto a table. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, no, no, no. That was part of the bump. That, it was no, no. Sammy Guevara is great. Like insane. Are you fucking with yeah. me? Like Jesus. Yeah. Fucking Spanish God for real. Uh huh. I'm I'm so happy they brought him back quickly. Like Jimmy Havoc, I could do without Jimmy Havoc for a couple months while he gets his help. But like. Sammy was an integral part to AEW Dynamite. And it, it became very clear that he speak, was... Speak for yourself. Cheeky Bastards was a great tag team and I miss them. <laughs> the spot where one of them would fucking, like, yeet kick, yeet, like, penalty kick somebody and they would both look towards the crowd like, oh, it's going? It's going? Odd, wide left. God damn it, Rick Knox. Like, I miss, I miss that so much every day. Uh... Any other news that we're missing outside of this? Because I can't really think of anything that we're not going to talk about later. Wrestle House is apparently a thing that people like. I've I've seen clips of it, and I don't know. I'm kind of male on the whole. I like Impact because they just... Impact's now at a point where they're like, hey, we're not... It's kind of like how a load of BS was in the beginning, where we were just like, no one's fucking watching. Do whatever we want. That's what Impact is now. They're like... We don't care. Do it. How we bought this. Fucking... We bought this network. No one's canceling us. <laughs> Have RVD beat up fucking Sammy Callahan while his girl twerks over his dead body. Fuck. I don't care. We're impact, baby. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's actually we could. It's it's actually kind of of entertaining now, and I'm kind of glad that they have that. I'm out of freedom. 
Yeah, and uh, speaking of freedom, you can give us freedom by donating to patreon.com slash a load of BS. Every single dollar you donate to us helps us pay the bills, keep the lights on around here, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks to that, we get to keep making these shows. We get to make more shows like JWF Ignition, like JXT, Developmentally Unstable. I may make a show about fantasy booking in the future, that way Dylan doesn't have to fucking deal with it. And it's all thanks to you. But I'll know it exists. <laughs> and it's all thanks to you at patreon.com slash a load of BS. And if you donate, you get exclusive content like Wrestling History X. You get to see me and Blake react to old garbage episodes of JWF War. It's a fun time at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Should we just tweet Sue and be like, hey, we're sorry? No, no I, I've, I've thought of a great thing. So tweet at MJF and ask him what his policy on uh, on merch revenue distribution is. <laughs> okay. Okay. As, what as AEW champion, what will your pil- policy on merch revenue distribution be? <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> God, that... I, and what's bad is I'm fairly sure he's awake. <laughs> he will reply to it right now. I, uh, Hashtag not my champ. Hashtag MJF watch. All right. While we do this, Blake's disappeared. Uh, Dylan, would you like to go into your heel of the week? Because I can piggyback off of it because I I agree. This was a close second contender for me. Right. So um, I, don't even, I don't even know how to say this. Pat McAvee is going to be at a match at the 30th NXT TakeOver, which is kind of like if Guy Fieri was at WrestleMania 40. Yeah. Um and was wrestling and was like wrestling the Undertaker. Like it's that level of like salt in the wound to me of Dead man, I'm going to take you all over this ring, showing you America's finest punches, kicks and slams. Yeah, no. These fucking podcast guys gave me a move set and everything. <laughs> so here's the thing. The entire storyline behind this is that Pat, Ma- Pat McAfee is a douche and insults the longest reigning NXT champion to his face, calling him a midget, essentially, and saying that he can't can't do anything on his own, while being famous for being a member of a football team, which is a team sport. And then and then gets in an altercation and decides that the best way to do that is to literally kick him in the head punter style to the point that triple h shoves him yeah i like you know what when daddy gets involved it's bad i can't describe to you how disappointed i was with wrestling that pat mcavee has a match in wrestling this is the man that wore dress shorts to wrestlemania i am like Listen, so WWE, its ratings have been declining for, like, years now. And never have I felt more, like, vindicated in my decision to stop watching than when I found out that Pat McAfee was going to have a high-profile match with arguably the best talent on NXT. If not in the WWE. Uh, There are three silver linings, I see. One, I did enjoy before where they buried the hatchet because that was a good swerve if they buried the hatchet oh wait pat mcafee is a dipshit and kept talking and that was a good 
continuation. Uh, number two silver lining. Suddenly, my fantasy booking don't look too fucking bad now, does it? <laughs> I mean, it didn't have Adam Cole on TV, but it don't look too fucking bad. And my third, this does mean WWE is now eyeing podcast talent to come and fight their wrestlers. So I'm going to propose the New Day versus the Fight Boys at SummerSlam. We can do it. We can do it, boys. Oh, God. One back body drop and you'd be dead, Scotty. <laughs> I would just like... The moment that I saw Biggie coming towards me, I would leave. I would leave you all. I, I was fixing to say, don't, don't act like I'm going <laughs> to be quit, the you first tap one. Out, you tap out to nothing. I tap? Tap? <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I quit. I quit. It's like an elimination match. You quit the moment Biggie charged you. Not worth it. Not worth it. Like, just walking up the ramp. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, he gets him in, like, a rest hold headlock and Blake taps. No one taps to this. What? No, even better, I would, like, we would fight over who gets to go in first, and it would somehow end up being me versus Big E. The bell rings, Big E comes charging towards me. I just fall to the ground and start tapping. <laughs> I quit! I quit! You win? You win? What? You win? That's not Don't how this works! Don't slap me with the meat! Don't slap me with the meat! <laughs> <laughs> it's just, this is such a bad angle, because... Adam Cole's strength is being a... I mean, like, he's been a good babyface in the past, but he's a fucking phenomenal heel. But he's not as good as Pat McAfee, because in that 10 minutes of commentary I listened to, I wanted to see Pat McAfee get run through with Samoa Joe's samurai sword. He was so bad, he made Beth Phoenix leave. Yeah. Well, also, another thing... Like, uh, irreverent to the storyline, but I hate it that, like, Adam Cole is booked at six feet, and Pat McAfee is booked at six one, and they're, like, this much different in size. Like, a, a head, at least. Adam Cole is 5'10", if he's lucky. Yeah. He's about my height, which then also makes me hate Pat McAfee, because I'm like, we're normal-sized boys. Y'all are the freaks. You're a freak. <laughs> I need you to look at your hair and then look at me and tell me that. <laughs> but yeah, like that whole, uh, God, man, he's so good at being like the worst human being that I'm like, I don't know why you do this. Why would you? I understood if you brought in someone people like, like Shaq, I'd, I'd watch Adam Cole versus Shaq all fucking day. I don't care. I think, I think Absolutely. It was, he's my boss. Was it, was it Brian Alvarez? I think maybe. Or, or Dave Meltzer brought up, like, they keep bringing in this American, like, central talent. And then, like, the international crowd is like, who? Who the fuck is this? Like, why and should I care about this? This one's even some- worse. This one's worse because it's just like a shitty podcast host. Yeah, they're just like, oh, we'll bring in this guy that's been in, like, like I don't know why they expect me to care. The worst thing is, is I'm pretty sure Pat McAfee is going to win that match. And, like, I don't really know how to reconcile that in my brain, that on the 30th NXT TakeOver, we're going to have a former NFL punter beat arguably one of the top ten wrestling talents in the world. And, like... Yeah. And, like... Dylan, you summed it up so perfectly, like, I'm not sure why we should care. It started because of a fucking elf quote. He quoted elf at Adam Cole. He says he's an angry elf, and Adam Cole looks back and goes, I guess this is the fucking line I'm gonna have to begin this feud on. <laughs> and that, I, I, and God, I hate it. I hate storylines that are based around 
I'm big, you're small. Like, motherfucker, he's also Adam fucking Cole. Fight Listen, me. My, my greatest desire is that the Undisputed Era comes in, Pat McAfee wins by DQ, and they just, they just throw him through, like, six consecutive tables. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way I'll be okay with this. Uh, all of all this tells me, I, I I really hope that Adam Cole looked at this feud and was like, you know what, AEW is not looking so bad. I'm not. I don't think I'll have to face a punter if I go there. Like that's the only that's the only silver lining I have. I might have to join a cult, but that's it. That's yeah. it. And Cole Cabana says it's just a bunch of friends helping him win. So like, maybe it's not <laughs> even a cult. Maybe it's not. You know what? I, I kind of agree with Colt on this cult. Colt, boom, boom, Colt Cabana. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana. Blake, who's your heel? Uh, My heel is like, okay, so I don't know where it fucking started, but this week, like over the past few days, the, was, the no, entire issue. It was a GCW match. It was Kylie Ray versus somebody, if I remember correctly. Was that the one where she wore the murder death Kylie? Yeah, MDK That's for fucking life. great, dude. But yeah, it brought up the whole discussion, which shouldn't be a discussion, or it shouldn't even be a thing in wrestling about intergender matches. Okay. Because inter... Now, I, I, I'm gonna just... No, 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 you do your print. I, I do have a counterpoint. Okay, that's fine. Because, to me, wrestling is built on the idea that just about anything can happen. There are still some logical boundaries, but the idea that Rey Mysterio can beat Brock Lesnar is not something completely unheard of. So all the ideas that, like, oh, one gender is physically weaker than the other doesn't really hold much water in wrestling to me because most of it is their ability to do cool shit uh, in the ring and their ability to make it look like they're actually putting on a fight, which is why I loved... Almost every Candice LeRae match that I ever saw when it was intergender. I mean, you, it's not that you can't play into it either, because, like, some of Sarah Del Rey's earliest matches had men being like, I'm not going to fight her. It's a, it, that's a, that's a girl. I'm not going to fight you. And then her beating the shit out of them until. So, like, yeah, it can work. You just can't be a dick about it. Yeah. And okay. I got another so, one, but I'd like if to I hear be your serious stuff. for a moment. Uh, if 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 I could be serious for a moment, um, oh, no. because Lance, so one of the one of the unfortunate like things kind of was was Lance Storm uh, was on maybe not the wrong side but was on the like intergender matches maybe shouldn't happen side of it. His reasoning for it, his reasoning, he it was one of those things where like his heart was in the right place, and it was based off of his own personal experiences. His whole thing was was that the reason he wasn't as much against it is due to June with every Me Too thing happening uh, and everybody coming out against sexual It was like, listen, a lot of these matches and a lot of this happens due to nefarious reasons. And he's had like his former students, his current students come up to him and tell him about their uncomfortableness with it. Especially as he was saying, like, if it's your first year, are you going to say no to anything that your ass is a wrestler. Like, you don't want to get, like, your whole career sabotaged. And he's like, that was where he was he was coming from for it. And he was like, listen, a lot of revolutionary things have happened in just women versus women wrestling. And, like, that has made a lot. Like, it's not exclusively the only way to revolution is through intergender. So, like, I understand where some of the people 
are coming from. Do I necessarily agree? No. But I understand that not everyone on the other side of it is like some misogynist saying women can't wrestle men. There's some who are like, listen, once what like indie wrestling is horrifying and maybe we should take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm speaking specifically towards like anybody that says per the reason of what is construed as gender as being the reason why the match should not happen. Because like, I I, I think, I think the best reply I saw to Lance Storm was, I think it was Kylie, and she said, an alright solution to that problem of people feeling uncomfortable is no more intergender wrestling. A good solution is do, or the great, the best solution is doing intergender wrestling right. And the problem is, the man who had carried the torch for intergender wrestling for years is also the man who said, you know what, in my match, I'm going to grab your boobs, and then in the finish, you're going to grab my dick, and that's the match. So, like, I like I, I understand where people are coming from of, like, this is a bad idea, but it's also because the person who was leading the charge for so long was doing it wrong. Yeah, and, like, I, like, I get it because most of the time, from what I see, people that are still not, com- like, ha- like Lance Storm, have their hearts kind of in the right place, but still aren't, like, aren't getting there completely. And it's not just, uh, it's all in the way that you do it. It's all in the presentation. Because you can easily do it wrong by turning it into something that is sexist or misogynistic, but that's not really what it should be at its heart. It should just be fucking wrestling. Yeah. Um... On to my heel of the week, and I actually I have uh, multiple reasons, not just because it's a garbage shit show that they're trying to boost ratings with. Here uh, come the money! Here come the money! And also not just because of him, but it's it's we're trying we're gonna try to build build new talent. Oh oh, oh look, it's Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, Raw Underground. The moment, like, somebody tweeted, like, oh, they're going to do something, like, similar to Brawl for All. I'm like, that sounds interesting. There's going to be strippers dancing and Shane McMahon's the only one doing commentary. Oh, it sounds less interesting now. But that was, like, just, like, the rumor of that's what's going to happen. I'm like, they're not going to do that. And then they did it. And it was so bad. Like, and it was weird because, and I understand they're trying to build, like, a new star. But the first segment of Raw Underground, this new innovative thing they're doing, they had a relatively unknown guy doing it, which set the precedent for me of, oh, this is going to be a bunch of unknowns. That's going to be fun. Then fucking Eric from the Viking Raiders shows up. Then Dolph Ziggler's there. I'm like, okay, so it was just for one segment. We're going to build up this guy. Cool. All right. (laughs) That's about it. And everything they're ripping off, like... speaks to me because like definitely lucha underground like that end segment with the hurt business coming in i just love that there were strippers for no reason like shane listen most people for their midlife crisis just buy a corvette or like fuck strippers can you just not i don't need to see the strippers that you're probably also fucking can you just do that on your own time but uh 
But yeah, so that all happened. It definitely had some Lucha Underground vibes. People said it also had vibes of Bloodsport. But there's one company that they were blatantly ripping off from presentation to camera work to everything. And that's a company that had some shitheads, but also had some very passionate wrestlers. And that's fucking Chikara, who apparently had run a three-year angle called The Crucible, where they were guys who were like, we are just pure fights. We are pure wrestling. And they would have a clock up, like a two-minute per fight thing. And apparently it was head through uh, a guy named Xavier Faraday who tweeted this. Legitimately, no one understands the pressure and stress that went to making all of that. I was inserted into a storyline the moment I joined Chikara. I only had experience backyarding, but I was thrusted into a storyline over the other students who were around longer and deserved it way more than me. I felt like I didn't belong for the longest time, all while making a whole web series hoping that people would stick around after Beyond Wrestling to see it on IWTV. Spent five months editing several versions of each episode alone, all while thinking that I'm in a position Position that I was just inserted into surrounded by people I wasn't sure even cared for me. They did, and I can't thank them enough for that. They are all wonderful people, and they deserve to be on shows. And apparently, I, I think Big Calix was talking about it, and he said straight up, like, we were basically locked in there working on it for weeks. Like, every single day, getting to do it, doing this. Um, He then also tweeted, this was the night of, we did this exact same storyline. There was far more detail, intricacy, and storytelling that went into it, and there were many hours spent late at night filming to get it to show up at the end of random shows to promote it. I kid you not, this is one of the biggest things I've ever worked on, sacrificing so much. Now I get to see the D-minus version hosted by Shane McMahon on live television. This hurts. WWE knew about about it because they wanted to host episodes of Jakara Action Arcade on the network along with Evolve Progress and WXW. The deal wasn't working out, and all the while, when Jakara closed, they stole it. I was never play- paid for it, and I don't care that I was well, it wasn't because I thought the ends justified the means. This was something I believed to be so captivating and such a pleasure and stressor to be a part of that I couldn't walk away. I believed in it. All of it. And seeing WWE just steal it and use it as... And I'm not saying they stole it. But the links are definitely there. If you watch videos of The Crucible, it's very similar. And just using it as a ratings boost is fucking gross. Yeah, that's the thing. Because it it feels so much like it was just put there to do something different. And they already took... They already took a tried and true, like, tested method, even though it was on a smaller scale. They watered it the fuck down, and then they put it on to try to get, like, some of the people who, say, for example, loved Chikara and are sad to see that it closed, even though, you know, there are very good reasons that it closed. Or Lucha Underground. By calling it Raw Underground. Shows that you, yeah. Any of those shows that you mentioned um, that had that same vibe... And they're just cashing in on it. And that just feels scummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Like, I felt uncomfortable watching it. Especially after I had learned about all of the Crucible shit and the fact that WWE were involved with Chikara to a point where they would have known about it. I got more uncomfortable with each reoccurring segment of, like, now it's just... They, they didn't get what it was. They were like, oh, it's just like this creepy, skeezy, underground fight club with strippers and, and dudes punching each other in the balls. I'm like, no, fucker, that's not what this Until is. Until you fucking see 
a dude managing the Undertaker and Raw Underground, except the Undertaker actually takes people's souls, is when, like, I'll be like, oh, now they're just ripping off Lucha Underground. Yeah, but it, it's just a gross segment. I'm not a fan of it. Like, the other day, I talked to, uh, I talked to my son, because he was like, I don't think I like wrestling. They try to hurt each other, and I told him, like, I hate, I hated to be the one that told him Santa wasn't real, but I said... Bud, you know they're not. They're just putting on a show for us. They're putting on a fake fight. You know what they are? That's awesome. And this is now taking that concept and being like, no, real fights, real men, which devalues the entire rest of the show to go, this is the real shit. Fuck that. If I can't see a springboard 450, I don't want it. Listen, okay, on the listen, one hand, do, I'm do, glad do. that you did that because that... That means your son doesn't like hurting people, so that means you don't have a future serial killer. Um, and two, that's exactly why I watch wrestling, because it is scripted most of the time. And it is like, people do get hurt, a la Matt Hardy, but it is never like the intention to hurt. It's just, it is just the intention to put on a show. Listen, you can always show him really real, not real fighting by showing him New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Got it in there. High five. Go me. Are you sure he's trying not to hurt him, Daddy? He just hit the one-winged angel off the top of a building. No, no, bud. Fine. Now show him fucking... Show him CZW where fucking... Um, <laughs> no, oh, never God, show him that. Never show yeah, him no, Zandig. In your household, Janella. Zandig does not exist. Neither does Sick <laughs> Nick him, Mundo. Those I two people don't Zandig. exist. <laughs> Show him Zandig dropping Janela off the top of a building into a truck. And he's like, are you sure he's not hurt? Nah, he's fine. Uh, Papa, why does that man have a turkey cough, Papa? (laughs) Uh, Or you could just show him New Japan and have him ask, is his neck broken? His neck looks broken. Did he break his neck that time? Is Kota Ibushi dead? No, son, he's going to live forever. His name is Kota Abushi. He is the rubber neck. No matter what happens, he will be fine. Actually, that does, speaking of brutal violence, that segues perfectly into my baby face of the week, who are John Moxley and fucking Darby Allen, who put on a clinic. Such, like, and I've said it before, but my favorite wrestling matches are the ones where I go, I think he's about to beat him. And that's how I felt like, um... At one point, MJF comes in the ring because earlier in the night, ET's like, I'd much rather face Darby. Basically, egotistically saying, I know I could beat Darby. Um, MJF sneaks into the ring, bashes Moxley over the head. Moxley is bleeding like a stuck pig. Darby hits the coffin drop. One, two, and I swear to God, the ref's hand was an inch from the mat when Moxley's hand went up. And I went, this is good. And this is the ultimate form of... Basically, the entirety of AEW, to me, felt like that Jericho-Cassidy thing, which is, there was a lot of goofy shit. And then at the end, you had Moxley versus Darby, which was so fucking deathly serious that it was art. To a point where, like, Moxley had a great promo, one that I've actually thought about writing for JWF in the past, and motherfucker stole it, where he just goes, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to get into the last time I faced him. I nearly broke his damn neck. I don't want to do that to him. And so it's nothing but like the whole match. You just see Moxley's remorse of trying to do anything he can 
to get Darby to stay down without having to hurt Darby. And of course, uh, Mox, the best line from that promo is he goes, when it's time to stay down, you need to stay down. But I know you're not going to listen to me because I wouldn't either. It was so good. And that was the story of the match. It was Moxley hitting like gotch pile drivers, all kinds of shit because he didn't want to hit um, fucking the paradigm shift because, you know, it was like that almost killed him. I'm not going to do it again. Then finally, he's forced to hit it, pins him. And then almost more emotional than Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels immediately grabs Darby by the head, which is rough given the fact that he's like, I might have broke his neck. <laughs> grabs, Darby by the, grabs Darby by the head and is just like you just fucking killed it you deserve like and just gives him this great pep talk and i went this is good wrestling is good yeah you mean the you mean the bit where he double you mean the bit where darby double birds out whenever he's in a sleeper hold oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh it's good it's the good good listen john moxley is worth every every dime like, there are times where he's just like, I don't know about his title reign, and then he does shit like this, and you're like, oh, that's that's right, that's that's why he's been champion. I I forget sometimes, because we're in a pandemic, but holy shit, that was amazing. Like, Not the episode, uh, the episode of Shot of Brandy he did, where he's just downing Jack and Mexican Coke the whole time, while making the most violently cheesy mac and cheese I've ever seen in my entire life. That's the moment I went, yeah, they, they, they deserves all the money in the world. Hey, boys, welcome to the fucking train. I've been on it for years now. Also, secondary babyface, shot of brandy. That show is fucking phenomenal. I love it. All, All right. right. Uh, who, would, who would like to go up next? Who Does anyone want to think they could be the main event? I, I've yeah, got here, a simple well, one, so. Yeah, so I do too. So let's see. Which, what's yours? Uh, yeah, no, we'll do yours last. Yours is, yours is good. Yours is a good tap. So, um... There's been a lot of like like talk of like problems in the AEW uh, women's women's roster. And granted, Monday they had their like was a danger most dangerous draw, which was from what I understand very good. I saw I saw the end of it. It looked it looked pretty pretty entertaining. They brought in fucking um, Veda Scott, who I forgot was still in wrestling. I was very happy to see Veda. I mean, I follow her, so it's. Hard for me to forget about. Yeah, and I need to listen to it just because she got back into it. But everybody complains about the women's roster and how AEW doesn't care. Uh, they're like a year in and it's still not great. And I really want to take them back and be like, okay, so um, WWE took three decades. Uh, TNA took at least five years. And you, you uh, Ring you of Honor still orange. isn't there. Ring of Honor still <laughs> not there. And you expect AEW to build a full great women's roster in less than a year. You, you just people... clockwork orange open their eyes and show them Sheeta versus uh, Nyla Rose again. And you're like, yeah, look no, they're at like, it! Yeah, they're like, they're like the storylines are there. And like, so I give all credit to them for hiring somebody like my baby, who is, who is Abaddon, who is so remote, like, like... What is, what is the, like, just against the grain of what a female wrestler should, should quote-unquote, be? Because her match with Kylan King, who also I see as a future main eventer in AEW, because that woman has had, like, five matches, and this last one she has, I'm just like, nah, she has it. She has that, like, unshakable confidence, and, like, that, like, that fire. I'm just like, you, you're going to go places. It's going to be great. 
gonna be wrestling like fucking uh fucking Kyrie uh Kyrie, Kyrie Sane whenever she eventually comes to AEW. <laughs> yeah, oh man, you're you're already dreamboarding, huh? Uh, yeah. Listen, man, it worked for Becky Lynch. There's no stopping us now. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, but even I, I I don't like the people who are like it's not good. I'm like fucking Britt Baker versus Big Swole has been one of my favorite reoccurring bits, and Britt Baker's in a wheelchair. She can't even fucking fight, and it's been great. The women's wrestling matches haven't been like 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 I said, Colin King versus Abaddon was a good match. It told a good story because Abaddon has such a unique character that everything is playing off of that. Like at one point, she had. Like, like Kylan King in a go behind and Kylan King was like, just looking back, like, I don't like that this woman is behind me and holding on to me and like, holding, on. And, like, that's such a great, like, it's such a great gimmick. It's such a great thing. My favorite thing was that I have it on tweeted. She has a Twitter account. It's the best thing. She's like, if you don't like how I look good, I will sit on your body eating a soul sandwich and drinking a Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I, you're wonderful. <laughs> like, it, her makeup is so goddamn disturbing. And she changes it up every week. It's never the fucking same. <laughs> like, no, I think it, and I have to, I, it is one of those things where it's like, I, I think I mentioned it last week, like, her makeup game is on point, and the fact that she does that herself, or that she always designs it, because she's done it on the indies for a long time. Like, that is just all fucking her, dude. And the that must take so long. And just the nickname, The Living Dead Girl, is such a killer nickname, because it immediately connects you to something most wrestling fans will know. Rob fucking zombie, which she is someone who walked out of a Rob zombie film. Like she's very hills, well. She, she walked out of the hills. Have eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Blakey T Blakey T. You got a main event spot player. Yeah. My baby face of the week. It's a little bit different because it's something that I was reading on Reddit earlier today. And it is one of those moments when, uh, Fans of wrestling put so much fucking work into one thing that's wrestling related that I am almost awestruck. Um, and that is the, uh, the people at the smackdownhotel.com who they, uh, made a post earlier today. After two years of working, they have released a website that details the rosters of, um, the WWE. All the way back to 1985. So you can sort roster by year. It's all of them. You WWE, AEW, TNA, ROH, New Japan. You can go through any of those companies. AWA, you got it. Lucha Underground, OVW. You can go back to like their earliest uh, recorded dates. And you can just see who they had on the roster. And I can tell you, it's pretty fucking buck wild. Just to go back through the years and say like... Oh, this person was on the roster. Like, look at look at fucking like ninety ninety six OVW was stacked or like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They exactly. weren't around then, I don't think. So, oh wait, they were. Let's see who they actually had. Uh, oh. while while you look that up, I will say just like all. All things like that on the internet make my job easier as a content creator of JWF and shit like that. Because, like, say for JXT, we brought in Danhausen and Warhorse. Oh, fuck. What's Danhausen's theme song? There are websites I can just go to 
and go through, and it'll be like, this is Dan Housen's theme song from 2018 to 2019. Then he used this from 19 to 20. Or if one day I'm like, oh shit, that's a great move. I should give that to fucking Dylan or something like that. But they like they call it by a na- like a name like One Wing and Angel. They don't say what it is. I can then look up what it is, find that move exactly in Two K nineteen, and put that on Dylan. Yeah, and it, the fact that it's taken them two years to catalog all of this information just to like leave it on the internet for us jackasses is amazing. The SmackDown Hotel they've got a lot more that you can uh, look through um, specifically like. Um, in uh, other, uh, like, WWE games rosters that are available. But, Dylan, to your question, 2001 was the first year that OVW um, was there. And um, it, notable people on the card, Brock Lesnar, was Mark le- Henry, was the Randy prototype, Orton, was the, the prototype! prototype. Yes! <laughs> uh, Sheldon Benjamin, also. Yeah, dude, Minnesota stretching crew was a thing. Yeah. yeah, forgot one that they the, were a team. Like, damn, yeah. son. One of the weirdest videos I found back when I was training for wrestling is I found a video made by, I guess, someone in SoCal who did a wrestling video. Like, here's what you do. Here's what here's what a headlock is, and in it was Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels. Frankie Kazarian, John Cena, like just a fucking slew of people that were about to become amazing. And I went, this is great. Holy shit. But, uh, on so like to-, to all the super fans out there and people that have a dream to do something like this, go and fucking do it. Cause we'll talk about it on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, on to our final discussion. Now that I think about it, Dylan should have been the final one for the easy segue here. But it's on to AEW's women division, who you can tell, like we've said in the past, AEW will see a critique and immediately try to fix it. This might be the first time that it might not have worked, though. Because I think, uh, like Dylan said, like the, the Dangerous Draw is a very good tournament. I'm enjoying a lot of the people they brought in. But also, they're starting up, well, they, they've had AEW heels for a few, which is a great fucking name, I do want to say. Um, let's see. AEW Heels launches dynamic membership platform for female wrestling fans, which at first sounds very good. Like, okay, inclusivity for wrestling fans. It is kind of a boys club. It's good to know they have a welcoming place. I want you to know the moment you started saying these things with the preamble, I'm just like, ah, this is going to go terribly wrong. And I don't, I don't need this. Have you not have you not read about no. Heels yet? Okay. I didn't, I didn't read about the women's thing because it, didn't it didn't involve me yeah eight well um unfortunately after it was released all of my friends that are female wrestling fans on twitter none of them felt particularly included let me read the press release aw heels the new female focused wrestling community led by aw chief brand officer brandy Rhodes, and the stars of aw's women division today announced the launch of its new fan membership platform powered by wonderful union secured digital platform female wrestling fans can seamlessly access heels exclusive content and other special benefits in a safe environment for engaging in conversation with developing friendships worldwide. This sounds pretty nice so far. With an annual paid subscription of fifty fucking dollars, members are son of a bitch. You got so they got all the way to the end. They got all it's the way a there. Fucking 
paid subscription. Because that's a fucking thing. You get anybody with a paid subscription and it's bullshit. I hate yeah. subscription services like this because you're trying to you're trying to make them pay for inclusivity. Who, who do you who do we blame for this? Do we blame Brandy? I do we I don't do know. we call I, I think it, do we do we do we say Brandy is I don't want to say Brandy is the worst because she's clearly trying and listening to people. So like it can't be her. She's just the face of it. But there's somebody somebody working under or with her. Or maybe it I, is I her. think Brand No, I think Heels was Brandy's idea. I think charging $50 was somebody else's idea. And that person had more stroke. Yeah. So, like, I, I love it in concept. I love this concept of uh, women. I, I feel like the, the pay thing was just to keep creepy dudes out of it. Like, if you could do a monthly, maybe that wouldn't be bad. A monthly membership wouldn't be too bad. But, like... Because that's only $4 a month, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, with an annual paid subscription, members receive access to a variety of features, including virtual meet and greets, video conferencing discussions with industry experts, exclusive talent Q&A sessions, custom merchandise, special promotions, themed parties, and more. It enables AEW Heels members to connect, learn, and thrive together through shared passions for women wrestling. You're paying $50 a month to go to some Zoom meetings. <laughs> I mean... To be fair, after you read the other, it's not the worst deal in the world. Jeff Jarrett selling gold to people still way worse. Yeah. <laughs> worse. This, yeah, it is. It, this it is does middling. Seem to like have this is middling. After you told me all the better, this is a middling thing. This is no longer the worst thing I've heard of. Yeah, the thing is like, it's like you mentioned, like it trying to put a paywall behind keeping bad people out, but it's. It's almost there. It's not as bad as I thought it was originally, but it, it, it there's just it's just off. Like it's to the point where it's like it's just sour enough that you don't want to drink it. Yeah, it's it's in it's and it's in the presentation too. There has to be a better way to like if you framed it as a monthly, I feel like it would be more palatable. Yeah, I think like it's just the fact that they're like four fifty dollars, and then that's that. It's just a PR thing. I think the product itself is sound. I think that the idea behind it is like in the right spot. It's there's that one bit of presentation that sours it. Yeah, and I, I think I'm going to be more interested once it actually starts up and gets going strong, and hearing from the women who actually do pay the fifty dollars, the women who do get in and hear about their experiences with it, and see what happens. Because I'd be very surprised, like. I think Cody had words about it, which I will look up in just a few seconds. Please don't, because Cody's that. the goddamn worst. <laughs> Cody and his Cody and his wife, like I swear, there are times I, where I, no, where no, they no. should just Brandy's have Brandy's fine. I love Brandy. Cody's something. Cody, Cody is dismissive in a way that makes you want to slap him. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to... Oh, God. Uh, let's see. That's That one's not bad. Someone asked who runs the women division, and he just goes, it's a collaborative effort, one team. And I'm like, okay, buddy. That's cool, I guess. I, I really am just drawn back to the point that it's like, if you framed it as you pay four bucks a month if you want it, because there is something about a subscription service that is just like one yearly payment that is 
inherently off-putting, whereas instead of, like, a month-to-month basis. Yeah, it's really weird. People will pay more for a month-to-month than they will for a yearly. It's it's some kind... It's it's a, There's a psychological thing behind it. But yeah, no, it sounds... It sounds okay. I like that they're trying. I, I can't imagine... Unlike Ring of Honor, unlike Impact, unlike even WWE, I feel like AEW, of all companies, young, something to prove, will put a lot of effort behind this in order to please people so that more people come along. So I don't... I'm not as worried about this as I would be with another company. Of all the companies to do this, I am the most, like, encouraged by this one. Right, because, like you said, they're trying... And when AEW is trying, that actually means they're trying. Apparently, Cody deleted the first tweet that started this, but uh, someone goes, you're missing the point. Female p- performers need more TV time. To ch- also, to charge a sub for the females to feel empowered is pretty ridiculous. Heels is a representation of everything I hate about the industry, the divide and lack of compassion. Would we like to guess what Cody says? <laughs> Would we like to guess where that shovel lands? Uh, is it is it in the bit? Is it is it that he doesn't understand what she's saying, and <laughs> and instead of addressing, saying we're trying to build towards more female inclusivity in our programs, he instead focuses on the money part because it's Cody Rhodes. Everybody has their opinions. Respectfully and obviously, it's not mandatory to sign up. It was just a place to really discuss and feel genuinely positive about the division versus the toxicity of social. Plenty of wonderful things on the horizon for some very talented women. I was (laughs) right. So I was right. (laughs) All I heard was that I was right. We're we're not done. Please tell me we're done. I don't want to keep doing this. No, the next person sounds like Cody's mom sitting him down after he did something wrong at dinner. Cody, I think it's dangerous for you to label fans' opinions as toxicity of social. I'm sure many of them come off as toxic and hateful, but underneath they have genuine feelings. I think it's a mistake for you just to ignore them. Never ignore the fans. I built my whole brand on social. You just can't be naive enough to sell for an account that only was created because that person's favorite brand is losing slash hurting. Negativity on social, sure, but there's also so much positive to see and engage with fans on. Cody is so good at diverting from that question. Cody is so good from like, I'm not gonna, I'm no, shut up, no, never ignore the fans. I never do that. Oh, good. We're done. We're done talking about Cody. And then Cody goes on to no, say, please no, don't. <laughs> please. Cody Rose's Twitter game is one of like, is a thing where I see it and I'll read it. And like, it's at this point, it's just morbid curiosity. It really is. Just like, what do you, what do you do now? Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for heels. I wish they would do a monthly. Cause I, I really do enjoy having an inclusive space. Us three white boys uh, from from the South talking about this. But, like, still, I, I do want women to feel included. I want non-binary people to feel included. I want everybody to feel included when it comes to oh, the world of God, wrestling. that's something I didn't even mention in my talk earlier. What the fuck does the, the word intergender match mean for someone who's non-binary? Nothing. Yeah. It's like having the, uh, it's like having the WWE women's tag titles. I can go anywhere I want, baby. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Let's go. All right. What'd you guys learn this week? <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I learned that I'm tired, and I I just wish that wrestling could be wrestling. Oh wait, Cody oh, tweeted oh. again. Hold on, let me. <laughs> I also I also wish that that um that Shane McMahon and Shane McMahon related things could just go away. Shane McMahon shows up once a year, and whatever he's involved in is the worst thing every year. You remember when he came back in 2016, and it was fucking great for about a few minutes, and then that was it? That, yeah, of his whole reign. That's it. It was a few minutes, and then the match with The Undertaker happened, and that was that was terrible. Uh, and then he was the best in the world. Do you remember that? When he was the best in the world? Best in the world! The world! <laughs> Alright, I learned that it only took you guys this long to get on the mox train with me. Choo-choo, motherfucker. Uh, I learned I can wrestle wherever the fuck I want. I don't care, baby. Tag title rules. Oh, uh, I also learned that uh, next year, WrestleMania, it's gonna be Fight Boys versus uh, The New Day. Book it, baby. Book it. The shield. Bring them back. We're going. <laughs> oh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network in podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Or a load of BS every week. Or shows like Deviant, which I'm going to keep hounding Scotty on until he writes more episodes. Oh, man. I, uh... Fuck. You don't need to. You don't need to find me. I should honestly start a like a new Twitter account under a handle that's like less stupid. It, no, I it, love Dick and Stormy though. Yeah. Dick and Stormy is a good. No, no, no. Under an unpronounceable name like Mister Mixelplick from Superman <laughs> every week. Where can we find you? Fucking don't. Don't make Flex, me say it, or I'll have to what? go back. Ch- Chad Flexington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or is it, if I say my name, it will summon an elder god. You can't do that. <laughs> so instead, you should go. You should go uh, subscribe to Sexy Chucky e. T because Chuck Taylor is uh, the most underrated Twitter Twitter presence going in the wrestling community. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S C O T T Y E M O. Buy my books on Amazon. Actually, there's just one up there now. So book on Amazon and check out my brand new podcast, The Mini Adventures of Sammy Magic. Do you love Harry Potter but just wish it was written well? Well, check out The Mini Adventures of Sammy Magic, where I fully improv the plot of Harry Potter and it somehow turns out better than the books. And you can find that and all the other podcasts at a load of pure BS.com. Uh special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song Fighters. Check out Mega Ran online at anywhere you get your great music for your all your video game and wrestling related needs. That's right. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to that merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show MJF. because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!